right. Well, I'm excited to uh, give you this word now that I have a connection to the sermon. Let's begin. So God gave me an outline to bring purpose to us all through seven steps at this church. So if God planted you here, he planted you here for a purpose and a reason. You don't just show up at a church and say, I'm here. You show up at a church because God sent you there, even if it's to visit on a Sunday morning. He sent you here. And since he planted you here, we've got to have a plan to get you from the beginning to walking in purpose through God. And God has given us seven steps to do that. The first step is salvation. The next step is baptism. The next step is what you'll hear today, which is partnership. And then from there, we go to learning about life and rest and how to read the Bible and how to pray. The fifth step is then being discipled. The sixth step is then knowing what your spiritual gifts are and how to serve. And then the final step is you discipling someone else. So the pathway to purpose is that you would be a disciple. Because that's what Jesus called us to be, is disciples, right? So that's what I call you now more than anything, is disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. A church member can be anything. So it's not about membership anymore. It's about walking in the purpose of becoming a disciple that Jesus has assigned us to be. So the final prayer of Jesus was that we'd be one just as God is one. The partnership of the Trinity is the model for the church as well, working together to accomplish a common goal. Let me say something to you. Lima, Ohio, first, will never be the same because of what this church is about to do. I, don't expect, I didn't expect a lot of amens because you don't know yet. It's hard to say amen to, to know what we're going to do, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to turn the city upside down for the kingdom of God. We're going to go out there and we're going to find the lost and we're going to love on them and you're going to walk in purpose. This will no longer be the meat and potatoes of this church. The meat and potatoes of the church is not coming in here and singing songs and listening to a message because that doesn't flip the city upside down. Nobody gets saved if all we ever do is come in here and sing songs and listen to messages and then go home. So God is calling us to something greater. And guess what? Everybody that will help us do that is not here yet. They are coming, and the, the, the beauty of it is that you will be bringing them because we're going to be busy about our father's business. So when Jesus was found in the temple, he didn't say, Mom and Dad, leave me alone. I'm having church. No, he said, I am about my father's business, and that's exactly what we're going to be about is our father's business. But first, we've got to study this word partnership. Can you say partnership? Father, as we go into the word about partnership, I thank you in Jesus' name for erasing everything we thought about church membership for a moment so that you can let us know what partnership looks like. You're the model. The word membership is not even in the Bible, but partnership is. And we see how you flow together. Father flows with the Son, flows with the Holy Spirit, and they are all one, and they accomplish things together. And Lord, you you prayed before you left this earth that we would be one as you are one. I declare now in the name of Jesus Christ that New Life Christian Ministries is one, just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And we're going to accomplish the purposes in which God have created us and put us together for such a time as this. We will be partners in this work. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Partnership. So, the partnership of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the first thing we're going to look at as we study what partnership is. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and it says this, In the beginning, God. So when you read that word God, there's three letters, and there's also three members, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are one. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So just imagine uh, someone is lost in the ocean, and then there is a Coast Guard with a helicopter with a light shining down on the water. So at the beginning of creation, there was light uh, hovering over the water because there is no darkness in God. So the Holy Spirit was here hovering over the waters, just waiting for creation to begin. Verse 3. Then God said, that's the father's part, let there be light. That's the son's part, right? And there was light. And that's the Holy Spirit's part. They all work together. And God saw that light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Church, can you say partnership? It's good. It's good. Wow. So he looked at the first day that they had made, that God made, and they said, this is good. This is good. Because partnership, when you work together and the plan and the purpose together, it is good. It is good for us to dwell together in unity. All right? So in the beginning, God created, and they each played a part. His spirit hovered ready to supply the power in response to the voice of the Father. The Word, Jesus Christ, accomplished what was ordained or ordered. So when the Father spoke his Word, his Word got to work. His Word has another name, and the Word's other name is who? Jesus. Jesus and the Word are this one and the same. So when the Father spoke, Jesus began to work, and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, so they all pay, played a part together in the creation of the world, and that is partnership. The word, Jesus Christ, accomplished what was ordained or ordered, and the Father spoke, and it was good. So God, three in one, created the world in partnership. Church, can you say partnership? partnership. Not membership, but partnership. God is triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they've always existed three in one, and there's no membership process. So it wasn't just the Father and the Spirit, and then here comes Jesus saying, I'd like to be a member of the Trinity. No, it's not a membership. He is a partner with the Holy Spirit. He is a partner with the Father. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, they are three in one. Can you say one? That's the beauty of one. We can all get something together bigger than one of us could do alone. That is why the enemy desires us to not get along, not hang out, not have fellowship, have disagreements. Because if he can bring division among us, then we can't do that, that thing that we were called to do together as one. Can you say as one? Now listen, I'm the pastor, but I am not the one. We are the one. I'll say that again. For too long, churches have put the pastor on a pedestal. I don't even know why that's higher. Maybe so that you can see me, right? So I'm not on a pedestal. I am not the one, okay? We are the one. Say this with me. We are the one. And ooh, this is powerful. And the one is not just us that we see on an earthly level. The one is us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are all one. Praise God for that fact, that we have partnership with the Father, partnership with the Son, and partnership with the Holy Spirit. We are one. And if we would realize that, we would act differently. We would live differently. We would talk differently. We would believe differently. Our lives would look different if we really believed that we were one with God and one with each other as well. Let's go to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. This is talking about Jesus. And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Listen to this. God created everything through him. So I know from the beginning you've been taught that God created the world. He did create the world, but he created it through Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus Christ is the one that made everything that you can see in this world. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. 
the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Say this with me. Jesus Christ created this world in response to the voice of the Father. God is three in one. We need to understand these things. The enemy wants to blind our understanding that even God worked together. There was partnership even from the beginning. And this is why we have to work together in partnership as well. So the word gave life through the spirit of God as spoken through the mouth of God. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. And it says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him... God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Do you see that? God worked together with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to create this world. So we must also work together. So when God spoke, see, we just got to, we just got to understand that there's a lot packed into when God said, let there be light, there was light. There's a lot packed into that. Because if we just leave it at that statement, we don't understand that out of the mouth of God comes the word of God. What comes out of your mouth? Words, right? So out of the mouth of God came the word of God to, to do by the power of the Holy Spirit everything that he accomplished. Even when Jesus was here in earthly form, he did not begin his public ministry. He did not begin performing the works of the Father until the Holy Spirit descended upon him and then he went out and got to work partnership. Even Jesus had partnership with the Holy Spirit so that he might please the Father. Because at the baptism of Jesus, God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Amen? Amen. So, for through God for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So Jupiter, right? The, the Big Bang did not create Jupiter. When you say that, you steal the credit and the glory of God. You steal what Jesus has done. Jesus created Jupiter and Uranus and Saturn and Spain and Kenton. God made Kenton, Ohio, and Lima. Everything that you can see with your eyes, Jesus created it through the order and instruction and power of God, and the Holy Spirit was present. Praise God. It makes so much sense that why the enemy doesn't want us to be partners. He'd be happy with you just being a member here that kind of just shows up when you want and, you know, whatever, and people ask what church you go to. Well, oh, I'm a member over there. Members don't get things done. Partners get things done, right? See, I'm a member of Sam's Club, but they don't, I don't expect them to partner with me. I don't get a personal shopper when I go to Sam's. I'm just a member there. They don't call me and check on me if I don't feel good. I, I don't hear nothing from Sam's until it's time for me to pay my membership again, right? So membership really only believe, be, means I belong to this certain organization, and, and really beyond that, there's not much. I, I, I feel a sense of entitlement, maybe, because I belong there, but they don't help me accomplish anything. They don't put food in my refrigerator. If, I'm, if, I'm feeling, if I walk in there and say, hey, uh, my family doesn't have uh, much food. Can I, can I get a little help? I'm a member here. Ooh, <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, yeah. But when you're a partner, you seek the good of one another. When you're a partner, you work together for each other's good. Partner, partnering is all about accomplishing something together. That's what partners do. We accomplish something together. Finally, Psalms 33.6 just says this. The heavens were made... By the word of the Lord, who is Jesus, the Lord is God, Jesus is the word, and listen to this, and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. The breath of God has been associated all throughout the word with the Holy Spirit as well, the breath of God, amen? 
All right, so that's the partnership of the Trinity. Now let's look at the partnership of God the Father with man. So how is God the Father our partner? What work is he trying to accomplish with us? What can we count on him for? Let's go to Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. Paul was giving a message in Athens, and listen to what he said. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to the unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Praise God for that. The, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. So there we see that it's because of the Father parting with us that we have life and breath in these bodies. Verse 26, from one man, Adam, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and be determined their, and determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. So God wants to partner with us, but first we've got to seek after him. And the Bible tells us this, if we seek after God with our whole heart, then we will find him. So it's not a game of hide and seek with God. God makes himself known through the expression of his creation. And who created all this? God through Jesus, right? So even nature testifies against us. Even nature says, praise God. So the one that made nature, Jesus, his testimony is everywhere. So men are without excuse to say, well, I, I, I don't know God, or I don't even know his handiwork, or I, I don't know. Yes, you do. Waterfalls just don't happen. Planets and galaxies just don't happen. They have a creator, and that creator is God through his son, Jesus Christ. So everything testifies to Jesus. When the birds sing, they testify to Jesus, because he's the one that made them. Let's continue. For in him, this is God we're talking about, our partnership with him. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So the partnership with God is that God is our father. Can you say this word with me? Abba. That means God, Father, Daddy, God. So God is the one that gave us breath, life, and existence. Without him, these bodies would not have activity, okay? It is because of God that we are here and that we breathe and that we have existence. And he is our Heavenly Father. How do we know that? Because when he came to earth in the form of a human being, the disciples asked him how to pray. And the first two words of the Lord's Prayer are what? Our Father. When you pray to him, this is how you pray. Our Father. So what is the partnership? What is the partnership between man and God? He is our Father. All right? Let's continue. Um, verse 29. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these matters in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, Jesus Christ, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. So what do we learn there? Number one, it's through God that we have the breath of life. Number two, without him, there is no life movement, activity, or existence. And number three, through Jesus, he has partnered with man to offer us eternal life after the end of his natural life. So that's the partnership between God the Father and man, that he is our Father and he is the one that has given us life. Now let's look at the partnership of Jesus and man. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 34. You might say, Man, you, these, 
these guys sure use a lot of Bible here. If you go somewhere that they don't use a lot of Bible, you need to run. Without the word of God, then what are people, what are you being taught, right? You don't want to hear and sit here and me listen to my opinions. Everything I say out of this mouth should be backed by the word of God. It should come from the word of God. That's where my preaching comes from, is from the word of God. Now we're going to study the partnership of Jesus and man. So how is he our partner in this life? What can we expect from him? Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? So the partnership that we have with Jesus Christ is that he died for our sins so that we might live. I think we should give Jesus praise for that this morning. That's our partnership with Jesus, that we were guilty of all sin, but yet he who knew no sin became sin for us and died for our sins that we might have life. Oh, I thank God for Jesus, because without Jesus, we would be lost. Adam and Eve were evicted from the garden. Uh, they were removed from that being able to eat from the tree of life, but then Jesus came to die on a tree to give us life again. So that's the partnership we have with Jesus. Verse 33, who dares accuse us from... Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? That feels good. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for praise God, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand. Partnership with Jesus. Say this with me. I have partnership with Jesus Christ. Partnership means that there's expectation. So if you're in a partnership with someone, you can have expectations of them and they can have expectations of you as well. Can you say partnership? partnership. See, in membership, there's really not many expectations that are really connected to faith in the word of God. And I'm not knocking church membership because they could just be calling partnership membership. So let's not get uh, twisted in, in, in the word definition. But I'm just looking for a deeper level of commitment from you. The pastors, the, the ministers here, we're looking for a deeper level of commitment for you from you if you say, God sent me to this church, I know why he sent you. You don't have to tell me. If he sent you to this church, he sent you to partner with us for the assignment that we have in the city, in the state, and in the world. He has called you to be a partner. So what do you bring to the table? What can I, as a pastor, expect from you? I can expect your gifts the gifts that God has given you to serve. I, can I should be able to expect your faithfulness because your faithfulness to God, your faithfulness to this assembly should be a reflection of your faithfulness to God. That's what I should expect. So just like we don't marry just anybody, we don't partner with just any ministry either. You have to partner with those who in which God has sent you to so that there can be an expectation from them and, and, and to you. So as your pastor partnering with you, what can you expect from me? You can expect me to stand here and give you, thus saith the Lord. Not, what, not, not the principles of Damien Tibbs, but what the Lord is saying to his church. You can expect me to pray for you. You can expect me to serve you. You can expect me to be a friend, a counselor. Just all those things that God is leading me to do because I am partnering with you. We are partnered together to fulfill the work of God in this ministry. Let's continue now learning the partnership that we have with Jesus Christ. And this is a big one. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Partnership with Jesus. What's that look like? He says this in verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Cuts them off. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me. This is partnership now. Come on, he's calling us to partnership. Remain in 
For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Partnership. All right? Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But, partnership, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So how does Jesus partner with us? Number one, Jesus partnered with us by pruning and purifying us by his word. If you're not reading the Bible, then you're not being pruned and purified. If you, if you notice that you just feel like a little spiritually dry, if you notice that you've got a great affinity towards worldly things, if you notice that you can play on your phone longer than you can read the Bible or pray or study, if you notice that you've got a love for this world that seems to be outgrowing your love for God, it's because you're not in the word. And the word cuts that stuff off. It prunes us from those wicked and worldly desires. Jesus does it through the word because he is the word. How else does he partner with us? He partners with us by remaining in us as we remain in him. He partners with us by producing his fruit in us. He also partners with us when his words remain in us and we are granted what we ask for. He partners with us by making us his true disciples and bringing great glory to the Father. So, question, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, what do branches do? What do branches hold? Fruit. So we are bearers of his fruit. And that leads us into our next partnership is the partnership of the Holy Spirit and man. So now we've, we're learning that God partners with us. The whole Trinity partners with man. God the Father, God the Son, and now God the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Today is actually the day that we celebrate the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit came down to empower men to do the work of God. So that is how the Holy Spirit partners with us through the power of his spirit. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Church, can you say one accord, one accord. in one place? So the only true beauty of a building is so that those in one accord, man, please, this is good. So that those in one accord can be in one what? Place. Do you understand that that's all this building is for? This building has no power till we get here. Woo! This building has no power till we get here. We're the carriers of God. God lives in us, not in the building, right? So the building doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we met at Clyde Evans. Pastor Clyde Evans has been gone for a long time. I don't care. They can give us the key, and we can go into the old Clyde Evans on Shawnee Road and walk in there, and when we get there, the power's back on. Even if the electricity is not in the building, the power is back on because it is not where we are but whose we are. And when we gather in one accord, there is power. In the beginning, there was God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And through the power of that unity, the whole world was created. Church, what can we do if we ever come together? What can we do to turn a city upside down if we ever partner together? So I'm not looking for your membership. Membership is weak. I'm looking for your partnership. Will you partner with us? Will you say, God, you send me to this church not just to sit, not just to put money in the bucket, not just to sing songs. You partner with me, and you've given me power that we might make a difference in Lima. You see, Lima, see, Lima. Lima needs us because everybody talk, Everybody would be in agreement that Lima, Finley, Finley way up here, Columbus way up here, and Lima got to go down to the basement to try to find Lima. 
So Lima needs our help. In the beginning, there was, the earth was void. Man, woo! In the beginning, the earth was void and without form, and darkness covered the face of the earth. Then God, the Trinity, got to moving. So if Lima is what Lima is, it just means that we haven't got together and started moving yet. When we come together as one and do the work that he's called us to do, we release the word of God in the city. And when we, we release the word of God in the city, we release Jesus into the city. And when we release Jesus into the city, we release the Holy Spirit into the city. And where that power is, things will be shaken and the, the drug addicts will be free and the prostitutes will be free, but that doesn't happen in the building. He said, go and make disciples. I'm looking for those who will say, Pastor, when you say go, I'll be there. If it's on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night, Pastor, I'll be there because the Lord told me to. Not because you, a man, asked me to, but because the Lord told me to do it, I will be there. And the only way that's going to happen, church, is if you, if you neglect your Netflix membership and instead come into partnership with what God is trying to do in this city. Amen? Did I even get through that first verse? All right. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all there with one accord in one place and suddenly. So if you want to suddenly, you got to be together and in one accord. That's why you can have 600 churches in the city and Lima stay the same. The devil don't care how many churches are in Lima. He just want to make sure that we don't get on one accord in one place so that we can accomplish the work of God and what he has sent us to do. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as, of, as a mighty, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So then when does the Holy Spirit fall upon a community of believers? It is when we are one and in one accord. And God has given us for a long time purpose. We've got purpose in this church. And our purpose is to bring people to the life of Jesus Christ. And listen, we got to stop having all these meetings about work and get to work. You hear what I'm saying? Sunday morning is just another meeting to hear about what God wants to do. And then we leave, and then we go back to our lives. I'm not looking for membership anymore. There are people sometimes that die, and you'll read the obituary, and it said, member of New Life Christian Ministry. I'm like, who was that? I don't even know who that person is. Like, where are you? See, I'm not looking for members. I'm looking for partners because partners show up when there's work to be done. Partners show up when I'm feeling down, I'm feeling weak, you're there. If you're feeling down, you're feeling weak, I'm there. That's what partnership is about. Partnerships mean that we can't be separated from each other. Galatians 5, 23 says, with the Holy Spirit, this is his work in man, the partnership produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So if you uh, sense, not, not if, since you have the Holy Spirit, if you are a believer, then you have his fruit. What do branches carry? fruit. He is the vine. We are the what? Branches. So if we're carrying his fruit, these are the fruits of the spirit that we have. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. John 16, 13 fertily, further solidifies the partnership that man has with the Holy Spirit. What can we expect of him? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future so I can expect to know the truth from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So once we were saved, the Holy Spirit comes along to seal us until the day of redemption. Finally, 
1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 say this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So when we partner with the Lord, we get spiritual gifts for service. There are different kinds of service. Church, can you say service? Service, service is not this. This is not church service. This is a meeting. This is an assembly. This is where you're being, um, you are being encouraged uh, in the word of God, and we come together and we worship. Service is when we all do something. I like this. I see a new t-shirt coming, Jim. <laughs> Service is an action word. Just gathering together. And sitting here and singing songs doesn't accomplish the full glory of God until we go out into darkness. Because he says that we are the light of the world and we are the salt of the world as well. So that is kingdom service. Amen? So it doesn't end here when I say amen. Church service doesn't end. Right? Church service never ends until you leave this body and you enter into the rest of God. Church service, kingdom service, never stops. So those spiritual gifts are given to each of us so that we can help each other. That proves that the Holy Spirit has come to help us serve one another. Memberships aren't designed for the people to help each other. They only provide a sense of belonging and entitlement. When I talk about memberships, I'm talking about membership from a worldly aspect. Finally, we've made it to the partnership of men. What does partnership look like between us all? Father, as we come to a close, I pray in Jesus' name, that as these verses are read, that faith will come. I thank you that it will all click, God. It will all make sense. That just as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together in the creation of this world, and even the new creation of man, that we would have an understanding that we are called to work together and partner together to accomplish the work of God so that it might be called good. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that those who have been hurt in the past from church memberships, God, that they will be able to put that old wineskin down. Those who are even scared of joining a church or partnering with the church, God, would you remove the spirit of fear from them? Some of these people have been abused by churches. They, they, they've, been, they've been taxed by churches. They've been manipulated by churches. God, none of that here. You're calling us into a partnership with you, not a partnership to men where that we could be neglected and overwhelmed and overtaxed. You're calling us to a partnership with God, with each other. And I pray, God, that these words will release us from the, from the stench of, of membership and what it has done to some of us and open up the fresh air of what true unity and partnership looks like in Christ when people come together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, Genesis chapter 1. This is our, we're, we're closing. We're, we're, we're at third base and we're about to slide in the home. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 through 27 say this, amplified version. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So just as God is one, we are one as well. Just as God worked together to bring something beautiful to this world, we can work together to bring something beautiful to Lima and to the, to the region and to the nations and to the world. So let's go to Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9, and we're going to learn a little bit about the Tower of Babel. So we must understand that on the inside of us, partnership exists and that partnership is powerful and even if we come together for wrong reasons men can still be powerful you don't believe me what about the nazis that there was there's something about unity 
right? Because God made us in his likeness, in his image. They unified, not for a good purpose, but for an evil one, but there was still power in their unity. Now let's look at Genesis 11, 1 through 9. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. And I believe this to mean everybody. You see, God told them to disperse throughout the entire earth and repopulate. But the people had assembled themselves because they were all one language and moved to one area of the world. Verse 3. They began saying to each other, let's, let's, let us make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, man, this is powerful. Do you see? See, listen, listen. In the beginning, God said, right? And then there was. When people come together and say, let us, right? There's power in that. But who's backing that power? Is it, is, it the, is it evil or is it good? Church, evil is multiplying outside of these doors because they have said, let us. When will the church say, let us? Let us do this thing in the city. And not just new life, but all the churches that will assemble themselves in one accord. Let's keep going. Then they said, come, let's build, let's, let us build a great city for ourselves. That's where they messed up. They didn't say, let us do this to worship our God. They said, let us do this for ourselves. With a tower that reaches the sky, this will make us famous. No glory to God. Just make us famous, okay? And keep us from being scattered all over the world. Keep us in sin. People were supposed to scatter throughout all the world and multiply, but they had gathered in one place and said, you know what? Let's stay together so that we can have a name. Verse 5, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united, just like that, just like we are, basically, and they speak the same language, just like we do. After this, listen to this, even God said this about people with evil intentions. Listen to what he said. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You better, get, you better catch that. God made us in his likeness and image, and they created the world, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and nothing was impossible to them. He made us in his very image and likeness. So if we come together with a plan, we can achieve it if we're all on one accord, okay? Verse 8, in that way, no, no, I'm sorry, back up a little bit. But the Lord came down at the to look at the city and tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they speak the same language. There's the key. There's the key to partnership. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's the key to accomplishing great things. When you are united as one and you speak the same language. Just make a side note of that. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Do you see the keys to, to doing impossible things? Be united and speak the same language. Verse 7, come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. And this way, he scattered them all over the world. Now, do we see? The importance of being unified and speaking the same language, and then nothing will be impossible for us. I wonder if, if there's a command in the Bible for us to do that anywhere. Probably. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Verse 9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Partnership. So another word for partnership is fellowship. We are together with one common goal and one common cause. God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship, the, the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now listen to this. Remember Babel, right? They spoke the same language. 
They were on one accord, and nothing would be impossible to them. But listen to what, what verse 10 says. Now I plead with you, brethren, church, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all do what? Speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. So here it is. God came down to the Tower of Babel to confuse man so they wouldn't speak the same language. And they scattered so they couldn't be together. But then Jesus came to this world and died to make us one again. Now, we might speak different languages, but since we all have the same spirit, the heart of our language should be the heart of God, what God says. So, church, whatever God says we can do, let's say that. So we won't try to build a name for ourselves, okay? Now, I plead with you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, come back into fellowship. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that Trinity, come back to us, come be like us again. There's an invitation for that, okay? Now I beg you, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So one of those things that we need to speak together, church, is life and rest. This is the strategy that's given this assembly to feed off of, to live, and then to share and to uh, distribute in the city when we go. We're going to tell people about the love of God. We're going to tell people about identity in Christ. We're going to tell people that by faith they are saved and faith makes everything possible. We're going to tell them that God has an eternal purpose for us to serve him and to love him and to be in fellowship with him forever. We're going to tell the people out there they're broken, they're tired. We're going to tell them about rest. Come to me all that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I'll show you how to do things through what, God? Through revelation. And then I will empower you with my spirit. So you'll believe what I said. I'll give you strategies for your life that will result in triumph. That's why we have life and rest back there. We've got to speak the same thing. So what do we learn in that last passage? When we are one, nothing is impossible. And part of the brokenness we sense as a church is because of uh, disunity in our purpose. When we come together and we have the same purpose in mind, it is powerful. We've been assembled as a body to partner together for a divine reason that is tied to our destinies. And then we must remember this. We are partners in each other's suffering, in each other's weaknesses, rejoicing, and prayer. Church, can you please stand? When we partner together, things happen. Father, I pray for a new day at this church where we leave the sentiments of men's membership behind and we come into partnership with Jesus Christ. Because God, New Life Christian Ministries doesn't have members. We just declare that heaven has partners. And we have assembled together as a church with a name and Lord what you call us is your church. And that's simply who we are. New Life Christian Ministries, let that title fall to the ground. We don't raise that title up. We're just his church. But world, the world has designed it that we have to go by names. We have to be called something so they can separate us and they can judge us and they can push us in a corner and do whatever they want. But God, we are simply your church called by your name. And Lord, we love you. May these people recognize that when we partner together in prayer, something can happen. Just as when Peter was thrown in prison, the church began to pray. And Peter was miraculously released from prison. Even though he was chained to guards, he went free. Because the church said the same thing. They prayed the same thing. And God, then you moved on their behalf. 
And Lord, we thank you for that. I just declare this final scripture over this church. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, I'm sorry, the, the, the Son, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. To have a successful partnership, we need grace, love, and fellowship. Again, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Father, I pray now in Jesus' name that as I dismiss these people, they will go home and pray. And they will say, God, is New Life the church you've called me to partner with? And if it is, God, would you allow me to become a full-fledged disciple of Jesus Christ there in that assembly that I might accomplish with my brothers and sisters all those things in which you require from us? God is looking for partners people in which his spirit can dwell, people who will be moved by his spirit and be obedient to his spirit. If this isn't your home church, I want you to go back to your church and be a partner there. Not just a member, but a partner. Whatever your hands find to do at that church, do them and do them well and do them with excellence. That reminds me of something I wanted to tell you. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if he's given you a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So God, I thank you that those that you're calling to be partners here will know what they're called to do and that you will empower them by your Holy Spirit to do that. So Lord, now as we dismiss, I pray that your power would go with us all. Church service per se is coming to an end, but kingdom service is just beginning. May they go out into the world and make a difference. May they make disciples of all men. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.